I've been talking to men and they say, they're like, you know, we don't want women to play the man game. We want women to play a women game. We want women to be women. And we want women to sit there and sort of wait and take time with us and be gentle with us and, and, and nurture one relationship with one person until he's ready to be the man that you want him to be. But I mean, I personally can't do that shit because I'm like, yo, if you come at me with respect, I'll come at with you, come at you with respect. Star Radio. Hello, hello, everyone out there. Thank you so much for tuning in to Star Radio. It's your girl, Sasha Diamond, and I'm so excited to have you guys here for this episode. Uh, this episode is called Trust and Moving Forward, the Internal Hustle. So I chop it up with my girl, Casey Bradfield, who is not only somebody who I have you know, communicated with and have worked with quite a few times, but she is definitely somebody who I love her mind and I love the way that she works and hustle really means hustle for her. So chopping it up with her is definitely an honor and I know that you guys will enjoy this episode. So tune in and let's get it. Hey, I'm Casey Bradfield. I am a doer, a thinker, a writer, I just do stuff, to be honest. There's no label. I follow my passion and my creativity wherever it takes me. That's the best way to go. So I, I kudos to you on that because lots of people are afraid to do that. So, all right. So this episode's called Trust and Moving Forward and the Internal Hustle. So essentially what Casey and I are going to be discussing this episode is just trusting yourself and moving past obstacles uh, that do arrive in your life and just having the motivation and, you know, the positive energy to be able to move past it and, you know, see the, the end of the road. What is it that uh, you can share with us and with me and the listeners about, I guess, what it is essentially you do, what you're moving towards and just what your journey has been like. I'm really excited to be on S. Radio because of the fact that, um, Sasha, I've been waiting for an opportunity to like connect with you on a heart to heart level for a while. And I'm excited to do that today. Oh, it's, it's just so much. My personal journey has been a struggle. <laughs> Every day is a struggle for me um, until I no longer see it as a struggle, of course. But I went from, you know, I guess I've always been like hustling in a way, like ever since I was in high school, I've been hustling because I didn't have no money and my mom was depressed and I hated going home. So I would just go to the mall with my girlfriend and we would like be cute. <laughs> <laughs> and then guys liked us. So they would offer to buy us food because we had no money anyways. So that was kind of a flex. Um, so I started hustling young because there was no other option. And then from there, like I was working a full-time job. I was working at Gemma full-time, like eight hours after high school, doing, selling life insurance for TD. Like it's always been a grind for me. And I was 14, I was 14, 15. They didn't know my age. They thought I was older because I was so tall. Listen, Gemma was hiring everybody under the sun. So you need not worry about Gemma. Right? Right? It was I'm pretty so sure it worked there it was so much fun. times growing up. Yeah. It's, you met so many people there. So yeah, it's, it's a Toronto hustle. <laughs> yeah. So I went from literally being a call center rep to now, I don't know, what do I do now? I, I like, I guess what I do now for the most part is create things that are true, near and dear to my heart. So if I feel like 
making a poem, I'll make a poem. If I feel like rapping, I'm going to (laughs) rap. My latest project is working on a um, collaborative online art store, essentially, where you can showcase your Blackness proudly. We're printing merch on products, but all Black merch. The idea is to allow beautiful Blackness to be shown anywhere in the world on any products because we we deserve to be seen in all of these frameworks. We're so used to propaganda that doesn't reflect us. Mm-hmm. And I'm changing that narrative with my new business, Homey Made. Yeah. Is that something you've <laughs> launched already or is that something you're working towards right now? I have launched it because lately, because of the fact that I'm super hyper aware of my resources that I have and the lack of resources that I have, I've decided I'm not going to wait until everything's perfectly aligned anymore. I've done that. I've been a perfectionist my whole life. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm going to roll things out piecemeal. Okay. Right now I have a custom line on there. You can get your face on your shirt with king or queen. And I can actually edit the saying to be anything. It could say melanin magic. It could say fly as F, like whatever you really wanted to say with your image on it or an image of your choosing, as long as it's a legal image. It can be printed on there. Um, And I'm doing that for $25. So it's just, that's what I can offer now. My goal on the next level is to reach out to Black artists all across the city and then the world Mm -hmm. to get their content on my site so that they can be, their art can be printed on any canvas as well. So that's what I'm working on right now. And it's step by step. Yeah, it's a dope idea. I think just because we're all super aware of what's happening in in this large civil rights movement and wanting to make sure that we, you know, display the blackness, but display the beautiful blackness that we all are and wanting to make sure that the culture of of our black culture is it being able to be displayed in a very positive way and not something that can be ran over and just used for our, you know, the profit of, of people who are non-black, you know? So it's, it's, it's great that you're thinking about and creating a platform that black, pe- black folks are allowed to be able to just be themselves and just be. So that's dope. Please keep working towards that because it's, it's super rare. That, that idea, I've never heard that before. So oh, thank you. I've, I've never heard of an on, uh, online art store. Never. I haven't personally. Mm-hmm. So that's definitely something that you should definitely push. And I don't, I don't know if you've, you've already checked in the Toronto market. Have you already, have you connected with anybody that does what you do or that's basically super supports that movement? Um, I have been reaching out to art curators from the community who I've seen over the years really push in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a lot of artists in the city and there's, there's certain like niche groups that <laughs> do art related projects that I haven't tapped into yet because I'm waiting for a certain level of notoriety before I even approach them. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think in Toronto, there's a lot of politics around black business and um, there's a lot of like friend niche groups, you know, who you have to be in with and or you're out with. And I happen to be a rebel on most, uh, in most uh, views. So for me to approach anyone in the city to work with me, I, I have to come correct. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that I'm building, I'm building up to that point. Right now, I'm starting out with the people I feel most comfortable with and building with. But the next level really is a strong united front. And I approach people on a very highly professional level. And hopefully they agree to work with me on a professional level as well and take emotions or feelings 
that they might have about me or they might think about me outside of that purview. Well, as you said, you, you know, you just come correct. I mean, if you come with your correct paperwork, your correct dialogue, your, your articulation, that what can they really say no to unless they're like just true haters? <laughs> they don't want to, they just don't definitely not want to work with you because they're their own internal issue, which you yeah. cannot control. So yeah. as you know, we all know what is for you is for you and it will, you know, collectively just stay with you. So well, I, I, I want to commend you for just stepping outside of the box and just stepping into rooms that you may not possibly feel that you belong or that you know anyone in, but just step into the room. At this point, we just got to take it <laughs> at this point. That's yeah. it. That's yeah. it. Because I've been socially awkward and anxious and scared and fearful my whole entire life. Mm -hmm. But they just dropped a global pandemic on us, shut down our businesses and our jobs and made us stay home for months on end. Mm -hmm. And then they started blatantly killing our people. Like we didn't just start, they've been kill blatantly killing it's our people. It's just heavily televised now. Yeah, right. like they had the audacity to pull some like stunt shit. You know what I mean? Like it's just, it's just the mouth of matrix bullshit that I've seen over the past few months that shows me and reminds me that I am not as free as I once thought mm -hmm. is pissing me off and, and encouraging me to get really bold and really clear about what I can do to change the level of freedom I express and, and my generations to come and what they have to go through. You know, I, on uh, another episode, I was discussing with um, one of the young ladies about just, you know, taking the extra step to make sure that I'm stepping into a safer space because just, just, um, just hear me out with uh, corporate, corporate law, let's say, or I, or I usually work in a law firm. So these are predominantly male and white spaces. Yes, there are black law firms, but it's, it's a lot harder to get into these smaller uh, spaces because um, black law firms are usually hiring their family or just people they know and like kind of keeping it in the space or a circle with, within them. So if, for example, I decide now to go get a job in another law firm or a different area of law, I'm really sitting and thinking about do I want to be the only black person in the room? Because 90% of the time, my entire career, I am. And I haven't noticed and recognized that that is truly an issue because a lot of the stress that you, you, know, you do take in and working in the court system as well, it's a larger, it's, it's a larger battle because, you know, a lot of the faces that come into the courtroom match mine. And, you know, I'm, I'm of black descent and I have to, you know, watch my own people constantly arrested, constantly, you know, going through distress, families in the courtroom as well. And now I'm being super mindful of where do I want to get hired if I want to get hired? Do I want to just start a new business now because I can employ myself? Like I don't, it's, it's such a battle right now trying to figure out if I do want to be in a space because it's, it doesn't feel safe anymore. And a lot of ignorance is floating around the room and floating around just different organizations that we didn't recognize before, but now we're seeing it up at the forefront. So it's just super important that we're sitting and being mindful of where are we stepping into and is this conducive for us and especially our mental health. Like we need to be able to stand on our own two feet and it's like, we have to, second guess third guess like we it's it's really scary right now this time i love that you're asking that question about you know where can you find safe spaces in your, your career and thinking it through like 
I met a woman the other day and she said she worked as a correctional officer and immediately my antennas went up and I was like, really? Like, what's it like to work as a correctional officer in this time? And she just said to me, oh, it's fine. You know, um, you know, it's COVID so people can't really interact. So we just keep to give them less time to come out. And, you know, she was really cavalier about a black lady, really cavalier about it. And I'm like, wait, so you're not going to address like the black issues. You're not going to address that you have black men locked up in jail and you're not giving them time to interact. And now they're, they're locked in even more than they've ever been locked in before. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And the fact like, you're not going to address the deeper underlying issues of the blackness and the racism and the systemic racism that put them in jail in the first place. Like, how are you even, I don't even understand. I yeah. don't even understand. I'll quit my job, right? I'll quit my job on the spot. I'd be like, this is bull. I cannot work or I can't do a job. Like, I don't know. I'm not a correction officer. I never have been. So I'm not trying to criticize correctional officers in their careers, but I did study criminology and so I, 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 for four years at University of Toronto, and I did graduate with distinction, so I have some idea of the criminal justice system. And personally, for me, there are some jobs I could not do because I am highly sensitive to my identity as a Black woman, and I just feel like some things can't fly. Right. Law system or not, rights or not, like, I can't let those things slide. It's just not, it's not for me and my moral standing. Yeah, and reintegration is a larger issue as well because, um, you know, when when I was working on my documentary a few years ago, I'm sitting and you know doing this research about what does reintegration look like with some of these um, some of these inmates that are the speaking out to me about what it looks like for them to do their correctional plan. So while they're doing their correctional plan, they're, for example, um, as we all know, most prisons are in Kingston, Ontario. So. Kingston has most of the prisons in Ontario and they have a, a parole a parole officer that works with these inmates that usually is from the city. So is from Kingston, not Toronto. So mm-hmm. these people that have committed the crime in Toronto have been doing so much time, 5, 10, 15 years, and now coming home to reintegrate back into society, they're getting the advice and the resources and the, this is what you need to do from a, from a parole officer that has grown up their entire life in Kingston, Ontario. They have no idea. Like they, they look on a piece of paper and if it's Mm -hmm. available on a piece of paper and it says that so-and-so is available, um, to be there once the person is released and then to find out when the inmate does uh, get released they come back into toronto and then that business is closed or that person isn't there anymore it's a terrible terrible situation but that is literally a reality that a lot of uh, you know people who are released into society face and then they have no choice they have no choices but to reoffend, sometimes they can't eat. They they have nowhere to go. They like all of these resources that they rely on are not there because of the no, somebody signed off on wanting to give them a worker or a parole officer that has absolutely no fathomable, fathomable idea of what it means to reintegrate back into a city that they're not from. Yeah, absolutely. And I like I did a placement right um, before I graduated which was a while ago though, um, in a, in, at uh, old, uh, old City Hall, oh, co- sorry, College Park's uh, courthouse and I was in the bail office and I saw firsthand how 
you know, the, the bail, I guess, you know, the, the woman in charge of bail, um, approving bail at that, at that particular courthouse, she just read the police report. She looked at the person and she kind of made a decision. Sometimes she'd check back in for, you know, past records, but it really was based on her judgment, really. Right. <laughs> Right. And you're allowing human beings who might not have the empathy because they haven't lived a life or they're not from that ethnic background to make these decisions that they're not qualified to make, bottom line. Right. It's absolutely true. And it's it's a sad reality that all of these, you know, men and women are facing. And it's even worse when we do watch women, you know, come home. A lot of a lot of uh resources that are available, they're actually available to women, Casey, like heavily. And it's mm. a lot easier for them to reintegrate. However, when it comes to, you know, say their children were taken away, they're dealing with mental health issues, they mm -hmm. have to deal now deal with CAS when they come home. They have no, they, I'm not going to say they have no support, but they don't have sufficient support. Um, so it's, it's like, it's just a revolving door. And unfortunately, the people, people of color, like, uh, you know, Native Canadians and, and Black folks, we're, we're at the brunt of most of it. And it's, it's hard to watch. It's just hard to watch. And that's a big part of my life and my passion and my motivation because my mom grew up in as a ward of state, you know, in and out of group homes. Mm -hmm. My, you know, close family member grew up in and out of group homes. Her kids were taken away by CAS. Her kids are still in foster care. And all that, all that shit gets to me. It gets to me. It makes me angry because um, it's so close to home. And I saw, I, I literally at the hospital when the police came and took her first child away. Like I was there when she was crying and begging for them yeah. not to take her child away, that she was gonna be a better mother to give her a chance. And we were all crying and screaming for them to leave her alone. And I seen the police right. take the child out of her hands. Like these are real things that are etched in my brain. I'll never forget. Yeah, it's, a ter it's terrible. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine that. And I know that they're like, you know, certain women deal with certain issues and maybe they didn't make the right decisions while they were pregnant and things like that. But yes, giving a mother a chance is, is a number one thing. And I'm hoping that, you know, there are people out there that are trying to advocate for that uh, as far as CAS goes um, to make sure that, you know, women do get their opportunity. Like I, I know that it's, it's hard to say, you know, you can't leave a child's, uh, a child's development to chance and not sh not be sure about what type of atmosphere or environment you're putting them into but at the same time mom is mom dad is dad like it's you cannot change these things and it sits Look, with these kids i've seen crazy shit i've seen certain people punch their children in the face and leave them with a black eye i've seen what you would consider to be bad moms you know, mm -hmm. but I've also seen the alternative. Like another member of my family was put in her, her mother is bipolar and she couldn't live with her mom. She got put in foster care and she was molested by her foster father. Like these are, these stories are all in my like immediate history. So I've mm -hmm. seen both, both ends, you know, I've seen mothers who may not be the best mothers, but yet the child needs that mother around, you know, that mother might need training and that mother might need support and that mother might need resources and mother might need to be told that they're not doing good at this particular moment but the alternative of not having a mother and not having a father i think personally can sometimes be far worse 
Yeah, then, I, I do believe that as well. I do believe yeah. that it's worse not to have your biological parents. Um, I know that there's there's certain parents that like some of them don't deserve to be parents. However, right. Um, right. There are, there, there are children that like, no matter what you do, like no matter what you do, mother and father will never be forgotten and they're always going to be wanted. Even if they're acting out, right. even if they're like, you know, doing the worst things and making the worst decisions, it's like, right. you can't fill that void no matter what you do. And to not yeah. want to not be, feel like you're loved as a child and things like that. It's, it's just a, a certain hole that you'll never be yeah. able to fill within a child and and eventually children become adults and those holes yes. that were not filled become, yeah. you know, negative behavior or indecisive behavior. So it's, it's something that, you know, all of us need to work on and, and cause it, it does take a village to raise children and, and kids around us whenever we're in contact with nieces, nephews, friends, children, like we're a part of the village at the end of the day. So it's, it's a, it's a really big thing for people to advocate for that. You know, absolutely. You don't want to teach a child to hate their mother or father because they were doing them wrong. More, um, try to help them understand that mom or dad is sick or they're not really in the mind frame to be able to take care of them. Like it's it's a more gentler approach, just as a community member as opposed to being a social worker or you know somebody who's working with children. Yeah, like the most radical, um, one of the most radical things I've seen. Um, was another, another person that I know, member of my family. I just have, I have a lot of stories, but anyway, a member of my family, like she was as a child, she's a grown up, she's an adult now, she's a mother herself and a grandmother, an older women, woman, but she was abused sexually by her father as a child. Mm-hmm. And she later, as an adult woman, forgave her father and wanted to build a relationship with him as an adult woman. And I think that was one of the most radical things I've ever witnessed in terms of, of forgiveness and in terms of like trying to repair a relationship that we might say was, you know, ultimately destroyed or, or ruined by the, by the dad in this particular situation. Like, so I don't know what to say. Like, I just, I know that bad things definitely happen in, in all these contexts, but I do believe I do believe in radical transformation and growth on every single person's part, you know, and like, as long as we are healing people and we have healing as centrist, as like central to our community's values. Mm-hmm. I, I do believe that it's, it's takes a lot in someone to be able to forgive, uh, maybe not forget, but forgiveness is I think the hardest thing to do uh, besides trust um, when your trust has been broken a thousand times or by the person that, by people, not even a person, but by people that, you know, you trust the most or that you have been entrusted to take care of you. Um, that's something that's really hard to be able to get over or be able to mm-hmm. just see the other side of it. But all we can do really is just navigate through it and just try our best, I guess. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's tough. There's so many issues and, it's it's like a bigger pot of issues when we're we're not attacking like the right we're not having the right conversations i think that that's what's the issue right now we're having conversations but in certain circles we're not having the right conversation and it's like a continuous uh, battle and behavior uh that never changes 
unfortunately. I agree. I agree. That's why I'm like more upfront these days. I usually say the shit nobody wants to hear or that no one will say because this is real life. It's real life. I'm tired of babying people and telling you what you want to hear and sugarcoating shit. I'm not mm-hmm. going to do that anymore. It's the realities. And if we want to get to the next level of understanding in ourselves and communication with others, we have to be able to speak on the difficult issues. We just have to. Yeah. And just switching gears on just knowing that you and I, you know, we're, we're both in the creative space and, you know, I've, I've known you for a while and we, we both have been in spaces where we're just, okay, we're working on this project or working on this project and still navigating life. And it has not been an easy form at all. And I know that um, when we are creating, it's, it's a battle to be able to put ourselves in, you know, certain groups that, are like-minded and then when I guess there's an issue that arises within our circle um what I wanted to ask you is what has been your lesson I guess let's call it the last five years what has been your lesson in not being able to work with certain people that you thought would you know be a great partnership in and how have you been able to just overcome that creative block Mm -hmm within that group or person oh, question i'm 29 years old now so five years ago 28, 27, 26. i'm turning 30 this year so let's just say 25. when i was 25 um what was i doing i was oh i know what i was doing i know who my friends were at the time when i was around 25 years old i had a pretty like oh, i thought it was a pretty cool group of uh, female friends one of them was really enterprising really smart and um i wanted to be her friend i wanted to reach out to her and make that connection and we did Mm -hmm. um and we had all these wonderful ideas and um she was my best she i always consider her my best friend at the time (laughs) Mm -hmm. but what can i say ultimately I, i realized that she didn't okay so at the time i had i had quit my job to go and launch a business and i was i was with my first business i didn't know what i was doing i didn't realize that she had seen that as you know my my decision to quit my job and start a business i was pretty reckless and you know she didn't see me as particularly successful and and whatnot and ultimately our friendship ended i think because she had a lot of judgments for who i should have been and the decisions I should have made. And I wasn't kind of, I wasn't good enough for her standards. And she's now gone on to be very successful and quit her job and started a business and done, you know, a lot of really big things in the community. And sometimes I look at that now and I think, okay, well, I don't want to enter into any spaces that she's currently in now because I want to forge my own path and prove to her that I could do it on my own. And mm-hmm. I don't need her. But <laughs> And that has been a huge challenge for me because she's in a lot of spaces in the black community. And sometimes I feel like almost not working with black creatives and Canadians because they know her and I'll probably run into her. And it is limiting. It's limiting. But that's why I know that I now, whatever I want, whatever I do in the black community, I want to come correct so that whether or not I run into her or somebody else who might have an impression of me that's unfavorable, I can say, well, you don't have to like me. The proof is right there. Look at the look at what I'm producing. Look at the results that I have. You either join or you don't want to join. Right, right. 
And it might be unfortunate that I have to navigate the waters like that. I can't just approach anyone and be like, yo, hey, I'm Casey, work with me. I want to be your friend. Because they might be like, well, I heard these things about you. And, um, you know, so-and-so doesn't like you. So I don't like you. But it's the reality. Sometimes people can be petty in, in our, in our, um, in our little niche areas. Right. <laughs> and I, I think it's worth it to go that much further to be like, boom, now you want to work with me. Come, let's do it. Well, as you said, you, you're going to come correct. So it, there isn't really any talking or and, and no really, no real <laughs> big, large conversation to really have if you have what you need to have on the table and you have a working relationship that you'd like to establish with the person, what is there to say no to? Personal feelings are not supposed to be a part of business. If they have a, if they have a situation where they're feeling, you know, personally, like, I don't want to work with you because so-and-so said not to work with you and that's their friend, not business partner, then you don't want to work with that person anyway. It's true. It's true. But I, I don't want to undermine how important it is to be friends when you're doing business. Oh, absolutely. Because, yeah, like at the level in which you're 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 highly successful, a lot of these people are like they're they are best friends, these these business partners. You you go on vacations together, you run a business together, you talk almost every day, and the better relation the best the better you two can relate to each other or however many people there are, the better you can relate to that person, the better outcomes you're gonna have, I find. Yeah, no, I, so I, I totally agree with that as yeah. well. But there's certain yeah. people that you just, man, <laughs> there's certain mm-hmm. you, just, mm-hmm. you can't cross certain, certain spaces with them. Like there's, there's, there's this line here. We work great together, you know, in, in our business forum, in a professional forum. And then, you know, all of a sudden we want to go out for drinks and we want to go here together. And then, you know, the dynamic sort of shifts when we're in a, you know, private space and, and especially because, you know, a a lot of people will say that men and women can't be friends and -hmm. it's hard to like work with, uh, it's hard to work with the opposite sex because eventually something may transpire after a certain amount of time. That's a large stigma that unfortunately we have to face, but these, these are things to be mindful of, like just making sure that you're keeping the line uh, you, you commit that line that you do not cross with each other. However, uh, of course, being, being um, you know, business partners or just being, um, just working in business with somebody and going out for a drink and some stuff like that is harmless most, to most of us anyway. it's it's harmless but I, I think that like that is difficult what you're saying. Like, you know, you've worked with somebody and you, you know, unfortunately didn't come out uh, successful with that person. However, they're in all of these spaces, if not most of the spaces that you would like to work with as well. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a tough one. How do you feel like you're, you're overcoming that obstacle right now, aside from, you know, just putting yourself in that space? Like, uh, I'm sure you want to work with me now. I'm coming correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm strategically looking for people who I'm strategically looking for people who don't work with that person like it's just bottom line like I want to be able to maybe it's a a lack of maybe I haven't reset pinnacle of confidence in me and that will come with a level of success Mm -hmm. but I'm if I'm being 100% honest I'm just working with people that I know connect with my spirit and I've and I've had good rapport with along the way and I, I'm not, I have yet to reach out to the people who I know there might be a bit of contention with because I believe that 
if you are for me, you're going to, there's going to be, there's going to be signs that you're for me. You know, you're going to like my post or you're going to text me once in a while, once a year and be like, Hey, are you alive? Like, right. Right. Well, those are indications that dude. you and I are resonating on a level. If there's a person who I always like her post or I always see her in the community and I'm always like, Hey, and she's just kind of like nodding at me, like kind of like, you know, kind of like get away and, and not really responding to me. Then I'm like, okay, as much as she might be owning the art space, as much as she might, might be, must be a talented, you know, uh, painter or whatever it is, I'm going to leave that person alone because they don't seem to be resonating with me on the level that I would like for us to do business together. Right. And, and that's something that you have to recognize and just let it go. Because I think, especially, you know, getting older and just getting it to a certain point in your life where you're just kind of like, you know what, if it's not working, I have to let this go. Lingering and and dragging on business relationships that are not working are definitely a waste of time as opposed to like a a personal relationship. You're like, you just basically have someone in your life that is not conducive or productive for you whatsoever. It's not necessarily harming you heavily, but it's just fucking with your mental, really. But yeah. Being with being around somebody who you're doing business with, it literally is time wasted with somebody that you're able to create a, a a possible legacy, a possible like you have no idea what that what another business relationship may be that you can move on to. So you have to like make make sure that you have like a line that you're you're like, you know what, this is where I put my foot down. It's not working. I'm going to move on. And you do your research accordingly, move on to another partner or another source of business that you're you're hoping to be a part of. Because I'm I'm learning that slowly and and not being afraid to speak up on what exactly I want. Because literally we do not have time to waste. And exactly. Right now I'm doing school as well and I'm not playing around. I'm getting that degree and I do not have time to be working with people that truly do not want to work with me or want nothing to do with me, but they're, they're giving me pity business, let's say, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. so it's, it's not, it's not a, uh, it's not something I take personal to be quite honest. Um, mm. And unfortunately, you know, I've mentioned in a couple episodes that, you know, Toronto, we, we unfortunately have a stigma of the no love city and um, it's, it's an unfortunate culture that we have to deal with, but mm-hmm. um, it's something that, you know, people who do support you, you stick with them. Like, like for you, example, Casey, you've definitely been so supportive of my platforms and you've been like so helpful when, when I needed you, you know, so it's, it's, and you have no reason to, <laughs> you have no, no real reason to be like, you know, what? I'm going to help Sasha. I'm going to, you know, um, be on her platform or I want to speak on her platform. It's just because you genuinely, you know, you genuinely, you and I genuinely have conversations that are conducive for each other. So I, I, I really appreciate you as being a, a support for me. You're definitely one of uh, the people that have been around when, when I was doing my events and stuff like that. And I'm very appreciative of that and just being a part of the journey. And I've, I've watched you as well. You're, you've, been, you've been constantly pushing and you're never not doing anything. So if you're ever feeling like, you know what, I'm not doing enough right now, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Your, your your mind is amazing so just keep keep it pushing and and don't thank waste your time on bad business relationships i'm telling you thank you and i appreciate that but the thing in you it's 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 like 
almost intangible. It's like something that you can't really describe because you just have like a goodness to you, you know, like a goodness and a pureness to you. Like you're always smiling and you just like kind of like, I don't know, you feel like an optimist. I don't know you that well, but like you just feel like a nice person every time I'm around you. And, and that's the energy. Like that's it for me. Like it's not even actually that deep. Like you don't have yeah. to do that much. Yeah, just you don't. Nice person, yeah, you just know? be kind and not not do things that make people feel like you're being fake or it's forced. It's, it doesn't, you don't need to live like that. And I don't want to be a bad person to anybody and no yeah. karma coming my way of, of being vindictive or not doing things that are helpful to others. If I can help you in the space that I'm in on my platform, I'm doing it. I don't have to have a big name. I don't have mm-hmm. to be famous everywhere. If I have it, you got it. That's literally my motto. Exactly. Like, even in the course of being an everyday good person, you're bound to rub shoulders with people the wrong way because of whatever reason that they're feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's important to never be, to me at least, to never be a person, or at least when, I, when I'm intentional about how I be or how I show up, to not come at people with bad mindness like i try not to come at them negatively off the bat mm-hmm. you know because why do that but but some people are like that some people you're not like that i don't feel like i'm like that but there's some mm-hmm. people who are like that and not and everybody not gets them. along with everybody not everybody yeah. get, like like i'm getting this from you i'm getting kindness from you you're getting kindness from me but there's another person that we can ask them to be like sasha's a bitch i don't want to yeah. i don't want to work with her casey yeah. i don't want to work with her she's she's not professional or they have their own opinions of what's yeah. going on but if you sit and think and reflect on the people who are not supportive for you and literally have no reason to you know drudge up a characteristic form of you and they've <laughs> never actually met you before or have done business with you before it's it's a mute point just let it go like i i just don't not dwelling on it I, not dwelling on it is the key and you know if if you don't like to work with a then leave it alone and go to b yeah and yeah. the story <laughs> like, that's a, such a such a, like that's wisdom right there <laughs> <laughs> honestly no time to waste right now that's that's the key all right so just switching gears again we're going to um we're going to go to the open up question so it's an audience submitted question on a hot topic and the audience submitted question for you casey is in a relationship in dating in a relationship <laughs> um how do you navigate compromise? Do you stick with what you know or do you adjust to the person that you're with? Okay. So I have to preface everything with, I'm a new person since COVID started. Last year, my my marriage failed and I've been a new person since that ended as well. Um, But prior to all of those things I just mentioned, (laughs) going into dating for me was I I wanted to just accept everybody for who they are. And those standards were super low. If you had an interest in me and you had anything at all that was interesting about you, I would give you time of day and talk to you and get to know you and (laughs) and then fall in love with whatever unique quirky thing it is about you. Um, and completely compromise everything about myself that I I might have wanted or I might have, you know, 
might have irked me just so I could have like a little taste of your company. Mm-hmm. And now, post marriage failure, post COVID, I like <laughs> really am going to draw the line. You know, I'm going to say, I'm going to ask you the tough questions. I'm going to say, look, do you want to have kids? Do you have kids that you're not taking care of? Do you, do you make over $60,000 a year? Do you ever want to make that much money? You know, do you, do you have, do you like art? Do you like plays? Do you like technology? Are you the type of person who, if you don't know something, are you going to Google it? Like all those things are super important to me now mm-hmm. because I don't have any more time to waste. I've been heartbroken 10, 10 million times. I've been heartbroken. I can't afford to go through these crazy dips in my life anymore because it just, it really messes with my mental health. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just, I'm just thrown at the part that, you know, you're, you're even able to, you know, you said that you've gone through the divorce last year or you've gone through, you know, a failed marriage and you're up to dating. It takes some women years, let alone decades (laughs) to (laughs) get back into the, the dating field. So so kudos to you for that, first of all. And secondly, I can't imagine what compromise will look like if you, you know, you're starting from scratch and you're meeting all these people that, you know, you're not sure about particularly what you want, but you know what questions to ask. And with those responses that you, you know, you have decided to um, make sure that you, you do articulate with a possible partner, um, how do you... I guess, handle if you get the answers you don't want to hear or it's a harshness to it. Do you just cut it off and let it go or do you compromise? It's so hard because I'm battling, I'm battling loneliness versus, Mm -hmm. (laughs) versus, you know, companionship really. It sucks to say it like that, but it really is like that for me Yeah, because I think the man, the the man that I want to be with is such a, like a, a leader and who has a clear vision of, of his values and who wants to take care of me and knows what I've been through and loves me so hard. Right. I've never met that man. I've never remotely met a man like that. So like, am I, I don't even know if he exists for real. Right. Like, so when it comes to compromising, I'm compromising, still compromising all the time because I'm like, well, I could talk to this dude you know, he's, he already showed me that he has 14 other girls on the side that are ready to like be with him at a drop of a hat. And he is not going to drop those girls to be my boyfriend because I have too much baggage for him. Mm-hmm. But homeboy's fun and he, he makes me laugh and, you know, <laughs> he shows up when I need him to and he answers the phone when I call him and nobody else does. So, you know, I'm being 100% real with you. I might call that dude when I'm lonely because who the hell else is going to call me? Nobody. Girl, when you're dating, your rules are set. When you're dating, it, I don't, just because I'm married now, it's not, I, I don't know if, I, I don't know if you were getting this when you just got married. It's like people, people assume that when you get married, like your dating mind is totally like erased and you've never dated before <laughs> like you have no you have no like thoughts about it you have no like guidance about it but i'm truly believing that if you're dating date you're supposed to date if if it was reverse now and you know a man a man was doing this and he's talking to five six girls at a time he's still dating on dating apps and he's doing all these extra things it's okay for him because guess what he's dating 
But women, it's like we're expected to say, talk to one guy, maybe on the phone, maybe have Mm -hmm. another guy that we talk to through via text, another guy we go on a date with, like things like that. But it's, it's like, if you want to sleep with one guy, date yeah. another and never sleep with him talk to another guy and that's what you need that's what you need during dating that's what you do so i am not knocking you for being lonely and and being like that's the guy i'm gonna call because guess what he has no commitment he's not committed to sticking and staying with you and that's not what you want right now right so if if that's what you feel that you need as far as like just companionship and the physical part of it take it girl just take that. I'm, I'm not even knocking you for it. If that's what you need. I mean, I, I'm battling though. I'm, I'm actually struggling with this. So if your viewers have insight for me, do share because mm-hmm. I do want to meet the man for me. I want to meet the man. Especially when a man is respecting you. I think a lot of, um, a lot of women, we overlook the, the nice guys for real because mm-hmm. it doesn't feel interesting enough for us to be able to stick with if he's too kind, if he's mm-hmm. too, if he's too loving, we call it clingy. Like it's not fair. It's not fair. But these are these are the type of men that we want when we get older, which is a crazy thing. Like when we become mature and we understand what a good man looks like, um, those nice guys are the ideal guys that are the ones that will take care of us and love you, love hard on you as you want, you know? So don't ever knock like the the little things, the little interactions that you get, the guys that are truly treating you with respect, but he may not be like the best, absolute best looking guy that you expected him to be, but he's, you know, all right looking, but he's like the kindest person ever. I used to have those men, the kind men who loved me off, like treated me like a queen always. That When I was younger, I only dated those type of men. I had a long-term 10-year off-and-on relationship with someone who loved me like so gently and wonderfully and treated me like a queen Mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready and I I screwed up that relationship I broke his heart and I feel like my karma has been all these terrible other relationships since then (laughs) I I was complete opposite those were not the guys that I was dating (laughs) and those those were the guys that I made my friends or I didn't talk to them like yeah no the next like I was so mean I felt when I'm being presented with men like that but lo and behold the nice guy won I'm married to him now <laughs> so it's it's good for you yeah and he and but it took a lot of bullshit as you as you have you know experienced it took a lot of bullshit and I would I can't even imagine what I would have I would have been in like five years from now if I didn't meet him or if I didn't meet somebody who is respectful because you're mm-hmm. you're with all of you know the the fuck boys or the bullshit type of men yeah. um you don't know what a, you'll you'll know what a good man looks like after you've fortunately been beaten beaten and beaten down with bad relationships but i i think that it's it's really important that we we put our foot down as to what we want what you want Absolutely. and don't waver compromise is there but healthy compromise is the key and I don't think it's, it's, it's uh, good for anybody to be able to totally throw who you are away just because you're trying to compromise for a person that may treat you well, but they're not all the way 100 who you want or who you need, essentially. Talk to the things, girl. I completely, <laughs> completely agree with you. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't want to do the fights and the, like, the drama. I just can't. And I was, like, I was telling him like up to two years ago, I was telling my husband, I didn't even want to have kids. Marriage who? 
who am I marrying? Are you crazy? Like <laughs> there was no, there was no thoughts about this, but it takes the right person to change your entire mind frame. Um, when yeah. you're sitting and thinking about your, your future, what your life looks like. So Absolutely. I know, I know he'll find you girl. I know he'll find you. You're gorgeous. <laughs> smart. You, you got it going on. You're fine. He'll find you. <laughs> Thank you. You, I might, need, you might need that time to heal right now. You may need that time to heal. And, yeah. and, and men recognize that too. Men recognize that they, they know that, you know, you've been through things and the right man may come. He may even very well be here and you, you are not seeing it. <laughs> That's our problem as women. <laughs> we, yeah. we don't see it. We don't see it. And he, he may very well be watching you daily and like, you know, she's just so beautiful. Like I, I, I want to talk to her, but I don't think she'd, you know, come my way. So it's, it's, it, it'll happen for you. I know it will. Absolutely, it will. <laughs> yeah, I thank you. I appreciate that hope, and I have it. I have hope. I have hope. Yeah, it's there. It's there, girl. I'm wishing for you. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> so we've come to the part of the show right before we wrap up. Uh, it's called "Listen Up." So this portion of the show, I ask my guests to choose their favorite song that best describes their vibe or energy right now in their life and career. Is there anything that sticks out to you that you've been listening to? A playlist? Anything that hypes you up right now? Oh man, I <laughs> I have this playlist on Spotify that I I created called Complicated, mm. and anytime somebody listens to it with me, they're like, "Oh my god, your music is depressing." I was like, "What? <laughs> this no. music is the bomb. What are you talking about?" Gene <laughs> goes on there, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> she asked me. With that in mind, like the song is called Broken Clocks and it's just like all I got are these broken clocks. I ain't got no time. Just oh man, I forgot the words. And in this very moment. Just um mm, 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 mm. anyways, it's <laughs> it's called Broken Clocks. Mm-hmm. It's very it's just about the fact that, you know, yeah, she's been been hurt so many times and uh, she keeps trying and it's just like, you just feel like you just, you just keep getting, oh, you just keep burning daylight. That's the word. That's the phrase. She just keeps, like, you just keep killing time and nothing's paying off. So I am still, I guess I'm still hurt. Yeah, I'm still hurt. I listen to a lot of, you know, hurt but healing music that mm-hmm. gets me through the day. Nothing wrong with that. You, got, I think music is like the best therapy ever. So it goes in transitions. Like you'll go from this, the crazy yelling type of music. We'll, we'll listen to some Keisha Cole, maybe some like, <laughs> and then, and then, um, Gene Echo's very subtle way of calling a man out completely. Like there's so many different songs that we can choose from, but absolutely. Uh, music is definitely therapy. So if that's what yeah. you got a, a complicated playlist, play it girl. It'll <laughs> <laughs> it'll evolve <laughs> yeah but is there any song that you use to hype your energy when you're working creatively um for a long time it was skywalker i love miguel mm. um and it's also you know uh coffee's uh what am i thinking mm, coffee song you know the song you know the song why is it why am i not remembering why, yeah why is that like blanking my mind is it to Toast, yeah. Yeah, toast. that's it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. Um, what else? What else is there? Yeah, those are those are it. Those are my motivation songs still right now. Okay. All right. 
And with that being said, what can the guests look forward to? Our listeners, um, you know, we've already, we've, we've had a very great conversation today and just wanting to make sure that, you know, you listeners drop us a voice message. And, you know, uh, Casey did mention that, you know, if you guys did have any advice on, you know, just finding that right guy and what types of things to let go of or, you know, hold on to and, and not wanting to compromise who you are for this right man in your life or do you guys if you guys have any advice drop a voice message we totally appreciate it and uh, you may as well be very a part of another episode so if you guys can do that that would be amazing and uh, casey what do you have coming up what can the guests look forward to what are you working on well, well if you haven't already checked out for women by men it's a podcast where men speak their truth about um, well, about relationships is, is a series that I did. It's a four-part series. It's almost wrapped up it's on my Instagram. And then I just launched a new podcast with DJ Reddy Fox called um, Misunderstanding Between Mars and Venus. It's also about relationships, but it's about like dilemmas. Like, you know, you walk into a barbecue and some girl's checking out your man. What do you do? Those kind of things. And then um, I wrote a screenplay about uh black lives matter in the wake of uh, covid19 kind of like all the conspiracy theories that you hear i sort of conceptualize them in my screenplay and i'm trying to turn that into a movie so if you are a director and you're looking for new content let me send i'll send your screen my screenplay to you i'd be happy to do that okay and then homie made check out homie made and get your custom art on shirts and also buy some really cool black artists um like their merch and wear it proudly Absolutely. And I know that, um, that when we do, when we do actually, um, put up this episode, we will have a lot of clickable content. So I will make sure that I have available, uh, to the listeners and to you guys, all of the things that Casey just mentioned, the podcast, you know, her, her new business that she's launched, all of that will be available for you guys to be able to click on just so you'll be able to, you know, connect with Casey on the ones and make sure that you guys are, are able to connect if you need to. Um, I'm, I think it's dope that you're working on, you know, so many different things and you're keeping busy and you're not, you know, letting anything get you down right now. And, and you put yourself in a space where you understand that you're in a certain mood and you need to be able to come out of it. So music needs to play, creative juices need to flow. <laughs> All of these different things happen and you keep making it happen for yourself. So props to you, girl. Keep it going. Thank you. And you're dope. I like watching your movements. I get inspired by you and like all your great energy and I'm always here to support you. So thank you. Well, yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. No problem. And where can we find you? What is your Instagram name? Facebook? Where can we find you? Find me on Instagram. Let Casey be. Just let her be. Let Casey be. Let her That's be. <laughs> <laughs> let him know. Okay. Dope. <laughs> And there you have it. Thank you so much, Casey, for being on the show. That was a super dope interview. I really appreciate your presence. And I want to just share with you that I will be standing right beside you, even from afar, virtually. I'll be watching your movements and, you know, just rooting for you and standing on the sideline, cheering you on. You're a dope individual and I appreciate your presence on the show. I also want to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at sdatradiopodcast and join our Facebook group for the latest updates on episodes and guests and their contact information. If you have a question, you can submit comments under the episode on the podcast platform that 
that you're listening to, you also have the option to leave us a digital voice message through our Anchor platform. All followable links and clickable content are provided in our episode description. And if you like the content that you're hearing, support our podcast by clicking the link in our description to support our show by providing a small donation to keep us going. Thank you for rocking with us and tune in next week and every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Peace. Star Radio.